who invented the portable meal of two slices of bread put together with a rich, flavorful filling. But we Americans popularized the handy sandwich. And today, more Americans are carrying sandwiches than ever before in history. The fillings for good sandwiches are quite a problem these days, so I want to tell you how to make the ration points you spend for fillings do double duty. Use WCBN cheese spreads. With these cheese treats, you spread in rich, moist goodness and tantalizing flavor at one and the same time. You better stock up both for lunchbox sandwiches and the wonderful holiday snacks you make in a hurry with WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Did somebody say lunchbox? If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, Good evening, this is WCBN. This is Mike. How you doing? Pandora's Lunchbox, by startling coincidence, is this very show. It's a show about food and culture. Thank you so much for Arwolf to fill for of in to of me. And sentence structure is going to show talk about when we the. Now, a lot of great big tiny things are going on around town and I'd like to tell you about that and what I'm talking about when I say great big tiny well I'll have to tell you that too in the meantime first of all in a couple of days all at the same time Hanukkah is coming up happy Hanukkah to those friends of ours who are celebrating it can we celebrate too please Hanukkah begins at sundown this Saturday and I want to talk food startlingly enough another coincidence just in just a few minutes now Potato pancakes are a part of Hanukkah, an integral part of Hanukkah. They're shallow fried pancakes. They're made of grated or ground potato, flour, and egg. Oftentimes, they're flavored with grated onion or garlic and seasoning. They can be topped with a variety of things, ranging from the savory, like sour cream or cottage cheese, to the sweet, such as, excuse me, are you having throat problems? Me too. This is a wonderful time to speak and to cough, and to be in Ann Arbor. As I was saying, they can be topped with a variety of things ranging from the savory, such as sour cream or cottage cheese, to the sweet, such as applesauce or sugar, or they may be served ungarnished. Applesauce, sour cream, hmm... Listen up. One has fruit and one has milk. If you're 
lactose intolerant, then take a pill now. It's the choice you're gonna have to make. The grease is starting to coagulate. Your lawyer called, said everything's fine. Potato contracts have been signed, yeah. I think your heart just skipped a beat. You can't wait for your greasy treat now. Life has many decisions. Yeah, something tells me we'll be hearing from them in the very near future, like minutes. That group is called the Levies, spelled much like the BGs, only take out the B and the G, put the L and the V, and you get more points in Scrabble, but they are the Levies. The album is called Hanukkah Rocks, and yes, in fact, that was applesauce versus sour cream. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and you know, potato pancakes, also called latkes, are traditionally eaten during Hanukkah. The oil for cooking the latkes is symbolic. It's symbolic of the oil from the Hanukkah story that kept the second temple of ancient Israel lit with a long-lasting flame that is celebrated as a miracle. But despite the popularity of latkes and the tradition of eating them during Hanukkah, they're hard to come by in stores or restaurants in Israel, so says Wikipedia. Having been largely replaced by the Hanukkah donut due to local economic factors, convenience, and the influence of trade unions. The influence of trade unions? That's what I said. I read that and I said, the influence of trade unions. So, are you double-taking too, or is that just me? Let me, the influence of trade, this is interesting, donuts, trade unions. How does that work? So, I present to you uh, this excerpt from an article from the Jewish Chronicle by Nathan Jeffe from December 2009. He says, today, unless you are a recent immigrant from the West or a guardian of Ashkenazi traditions, the chances are latkes do not feature in your Hanukkah celebrations. Gil Marks is a food historian and says that the story of donuts versus latkes, see, it's, it's, a, it's a knockdown, drag out fight. We had applesauce versus sour cream. Now we've got, for the second round, donuts versus latkes. This began in the 1920s. The trade union of Jewish workers in Mandate Palestine was concerned that Hanukkah provided very few commercial opportunities. Hanukkah did not really have too many traditional foods, and latkes are homemade and so are useless for business. My, my. According to Marx, the trade union was instrumental in making the donut the national Hanukkah food. They seized on the tradition of Hanukkah donuts and encouraged bakeries across the country to sell them. Most people won't make them at home, says Gil Marks, and they can generate weeks of work for bakers, people transporting them, and sellers. So, so that is why the Hanukkah donut is, that is to say, yes, the Hanukkah donut is the thing in Israel. It says here, perhaps you could go and, and eat some and tell me what it means to you. I'd like to know that. Now, Marks also says there is there was something natural in switching from 
latkes to donuts. One of the reasons for its popularity in Europe is that Hanukkah was the time when there was a surplus of animal fat. The festival came at a time when people killed and ate birds that they did not want to be feeding through the winter. So frying latkes was a good use for the fat. In Mandate Palestine, the different climate meant that people did not store animal fat in winter. However, what was plentiful and cheap, plentiful and cheap, was oil, and oil is perfect for frying donuts. There you go. Now, back to Wikipedia for a second. The word latka is derived via Yiddish from the Russian-Ukrainian word meaning patch. The word laviva, the Hebrew name for latka, has its origins in the book of Samuel's description of the story of Anmon and Tamar. I apologize if I've mispronounced anything. Some interpreters have noted that the homonym levav means heart, and the verbal form of LVV occurs in the Song of Songs as well. Reasons to celebrate Hanukkah and food and the fact that I'm talking to you and you're listening to me and I'm listening to you too. I can hear you. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And we're going to be talking about something that's going to be happening right around the time that Hanukkah begins. See, Hanukkah begins at sundown this Saturday. The sun is going to set at 4.46 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. During that time, there will be some very large, little, tiny, great big expos in Ann Arbor and Ipsy. tell you about that in just a moment, but in the meantime, lend us some sugar or your neighbor.
Exactly. That's the talking heads. Yes. Yes, indeed. Would you believe the talking? Yeah, seriously. The talking heads. Sugar on my tongue. And that's on a couple of box sets. I think it was an unreleased demo beforehand, but now it's on a box set called Sand in the Vaseline and another box set called Life During Wartime, which has a very strange, long booklet of naked people in the forest. Some look happy, some not so happy. And some guy lost his arm. It's a very strange booklet with the Talking Heads box set of Life During Wartime, which also has also pictures of Talking Heads, essays of Talking Heads, but strange paintings as well. Can you see them? No, it's radio. This is WCBN, and it is Pandora's Lunchbox still. Still. Now, Food Gatherers is what? It is Washtenaw County's Food Bank and Food Rescue Program, and they've got a big Rockin' for the Hungry event that started on Wednesday and continues through Sunday. They're collecting food. It's their biggest outdoor food and fund drive at Kroger's all over Washtenaw County. And they say they are freezing for a reason, and I believe it. It's not as cold tonight as it could be, but it's not exactly warm. But yes, Food Gatherers has distributed more than 5 million pounds of food every year to 150 nonprofit programs that serve low-income adults, seniors, and children. Programs include hot meal programs and programs targeting low-income children and seniors. So donations of non-perishable, high-protein items, they say, are especially needed, meaning tuna or other canned meats, beans, and peanut butter. So Food Gatherers, they got a website called, would you believe, Food Gatherers? Yes, you can look them up. And checking donations at Kroger's all over Washtenaw County. Started yesterday, and their big food drive continues through Sunday. So what's this stuff about great big tiny expos and things? Well, let me tell you. Can I tell you? Okay, so first of all, or second, let's start with the second. Tiny Expo is coming to Ann Arbor for the third year in a row. Traditionally, they've been in Carytown, well, right in Braun Court, right across from the Outbar, but they are now moving. They are going to be in a new location this Saturday at 220 Felch Street. That's the business called Metal, and that it's off of Main Street, north of downtown Ann Arbor. They call themselves Ann Arbor's Biggest Little Indie Arts and Crafts Fair. See the little and the big and the yin and the yag? Well, at this crafts fair, there will be a number of arts and crafts, and there will be coffee from Roos Roast. Uh, Tin-type photos will be taken by Robert Shimon and Mary Whalen. Tin-type photos, I've seen some of those of friends of mine, and it looks kind of haunting and dust bowlish. and yet it's 2012. I don't know how they do that, but there you go. There will be herbal items by Artemisia Herbals, which are, which are made in a little house farm in Ann Arbor, they say. From scented holiday chapsticks to eucalyptus chest rub to bite and sting paste. Some knitted scarves from Risa Made, handmade dolls by Simply Jesse. Artwork by International Robot, who also designed the poster of the Tiny Expo event. Let me just hold it up to the mic for you. Okay, see this poster here? of Tiny Expo. Yes, it's got two rather somewhat disheveled but happy-looking elves. Wait, here's an elf and, and two elves and a dog, and they're wearing spacesuits because, here's the story, there was a Tiny Expo elves triptych being played out in the three yearly Tiny Expo posters. The elves have finally captured, eh, the elves have finally escaped their pursuers. They were being 
chased first by the Yeti in the first poster, then polar bears in the second, and this year, aliens. But they're, they, they've escaped. The poster shows they've escaped, and they are free to continue spreading their holiday merriment to the great wide yonder. It's pretty wide, too. So the Tiny Expo is from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. this Saturday at Metal, which is at 220 Felch Street off of Main Street, north of downtown. Tiny Expo, I say. Now, in addition, meanwhile, at the same time, on Saturday and Sunday also, is going to be an event in Ypsilanti called Dipsy. That's D-I-Y, Ipsy, only they share the Y with the other stuff. So let me tell you about that a little bit. That's at the Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti this Saturday and Sunday. The Corner Brewery is at 720 Norris Street, not far from Depot Town. There will be 36 local artists and craft vendors. The DIY thing there, it's, it's a perfect chance to do your holiday shopping. And so we mentioned, speaking of food and drinks and things, which we do on this show, Roos Roast is going to be at the Tiny Expo. The Lunchroom, which has their cart during warm months at Mark's Carts in Ann Arbor. The Lunchroom is going to be providing food at Corner Brewery for the D-I-I-P-C, that's pronounced Dipsy, event. You can also find out more about this event at diipsyartfair.weebly.com. Let me say that again. Weebly, it just feels good to say it that way. Well, something tells me those crazy Levies who did that song earlier have another song. This one's about Kugel. Happy Hanukkah almost, it's coming. Here we go. It's sure good to see you And your sweet yellow noodles This holiday But Kugel You're not like you used to be You were once sweet and creamy Now you're low fat
Kugel, thank you. Kugel, Kugel. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of nutrition in there, and that's what we're all about here on Pandora's Lunchbox. Nutrition. And that was the Levies. And so much more to tell you. You know, it's 10 minutes to 7. Arulf is going to be here to help us face the music in just a few minutes. In the meantime, you want to hear a really cool trailer? I do, because this is something that's coming at the Michigan Theater tomorrow night at 7 and 10. Michigan Theater is downtown Ann Arbor on Liberty Street. And this is kind of scary sounding, and it's in English and Finnish. See, we finally found something else than just plain rocks and dirt. Always believe. I can proudly say that we are standing on a sacred grave. To know that to your time is very You don't speak Finnish. Oh, sorry. Well, some of that was in Finnish. Some was in English. And you know what? Here's here's what's all here's what it's all about. This this movie is called Rare Exports, and it's going to be at the Michigan Theater tomorrow night. It goes like this: It's Christmas Eve in northern Finland, and an archaeological dig. Archaeological is in quotation marks, which is very suspicious. An archaeological dig has just unearthed the real Santa Claus, but this particular Santa isn't the one you want coming to town. When the local children begin mysteriously disappearing, (laughs) young Pietari and his father Rauno, who is a reindeer hunter by trade, capture the mythological being and attempt to, what else, sell Santa to the misguided leader of the multinational corporation sponsoring the dig. Santa's elves, however, will stop at nothing to free their fearless leader from captivity. Yes. Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Pretty, uh, yeah, we grew up with lots of stories like that, didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Well, if we were in Scandinavia, maybe so. But that is Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, tomorrow at the Michigan Theater at 7 and 10 p.m. One night only, apparently. But just thought you should know, in case you're eating noodle kugels and gelt and applesauce and sour cream and wanted to be kind of creeped out by a Finnish imprisoned Santa Claus. I've, I've been there myself many times. Now, there are changes going on in Ann Arbor. There have been a lot of changes this year. We've seen some beloved restaurants close, some really cool restaurants open. We lost the Parthenon and some other restaurants. Says here in AnnArbor.com, Lizzie Alfs has written this article, and here's the news. One moment. Yes, after nearly 60 years of serving its iconic burgers to hungry customers, Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger Restaurant plans to close on Ann Arbor's South Division Division Street and search for a new location. This is Lizzie Alfs in AnnArbor.com. Owner Rich Magner said a deal between the University of Michigan and the property's owner, Patricia Schaefer, means he will have to close Blimpy Burger next summer. He wants to find a new location for the restaurant. The property's owner is the widow of Blimpy Burger's original founder, Jim Schaefer. Rich Magner worked at Blimpy Burger in 1969 when he was a student. 
After working in other restaurants, he returned to Blimpy Burger and bought the business in 1993. Magner would not reveal details of the deal between Schaefer and the University of Michigan, only saying that it was an offer she couldn't refuse. He says, this was an opportunity for her, and I'm really happy for her. She has been very good to me. I can't blame her in the least for taking this offer because it's very generous. He says, there's no way I could counter that offer. So, Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger closing at its iconic location on Ann Arbor's South Division Street after 60 years in business, not closing until next summer, though. So, more opportunities to stuff yourself with their popular slogan, cheaper than food. You needed to know that. Well, just to recap some other things going on around town, Food Gatherers has their big food bank and food rescue program food drive called Rock the Hungry. See what I told you? Rock and the Hungry. You can drop off non-perishable food items at Kroger's all around Washtenaw County. The Tiny Expo is this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7, this Saturday at Metal, which is at 220 Felch Street, with coffee from Roos Roast, tin-type photos, scented holiday chapsticks, herbal items, art by international robots, or one international robot, perhaps. Hard to say. And check out the poster of Tiny Expo with the elves who have escaped the Yeti, the polar bear, and this year, aliens. They've escaped the aliens. So, Tiny Expo this Saturday. Also, the D-I-Ipsy, pronounced Dipsy, going on at the Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti this Saturday and Sunday. The Corner Brewery is at 720 Norris Street, a juried fair featuring 36 local artists and craft vendors and some food by those folks who call themselves the Lunchroom. So there you go. Happy Hanukkah, happy everything, everybody, and everything. I've been Mike for some time now. Coming up in a moment, Arbel will help us to face the music, and I think you're going to be very happy that he will. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and yes, would you believe the Levies have come back for just one more encore. This is Gelt Melts. Sugar on your tongue, know what I'm saying? Keep listening.
What happened? Are they done? That was stirring. It's almost 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. At least the last time I measured. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement in Ann Arbor. Trying to keep up with the lack of efficient zoning laws by playing you music that you might not be able to hear anywhere else. That doesn't mean everything here never gets played anywhere else, but... My name is R. Wolf. It's time for Face the Music. This is a fifth parcel of twos for the end of 2012. What does that mean? That means that uh, traditionally at the end of each year, I have a way of taking the last number of the year in question and using it as a cipher in order to coordinate the playlist for this show. We've got historic recordings of music composed, published, or recorded in years ending with the magic numeral two. From 1952, um, this is the Joe Sullivan Trio. Originally, these were released on the Epic label on a little 10-inch LP called Fats Waller First Editions, meaning that Fats Waller wrote these songs and never got around to recording them. And I don't think anybody else had either. Joe Sullivan at the piano. The titles will be respectively, and these do sound like Fats Waller titles, don't they? Can't We Get Together, backed with Never Heard of Such Stuff. Joe Sullivan Trio. Good evening. <laughs> 